Pizza? Pizza? Pizza! Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. The Office of Hawaiian Affairs has a brand new CEO. We're getting a chance to talk with her here this morning in the Digital Center of Hawaiian News Now. We welcome Stacy Keolohalani Ferreira. Yay! Thank you for being here. Mahalo, Billy. I'm so excited to be with you this morning. You know, there are so many things happening uh, in our Hawaiian community. What I'd like to do today is give you a chance to just say hi, but we'd also like to kind of update ourselves. For those that may, you know, there's been so much going on with attention to things in Lahaina sure. and just with Hawaiians moving, that's financial and everything else. You know, what does whole Office of Hawaiian Affairs do? First off, let's start there and we'll go with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what, I think it's really good that we kind of ground ourselves in the history of OHA first. So in 1978, a constitutional convention was held, and it established the Office of Hawaiian Affairs. And the impetus of that was to make sure that there was an entity that would address the inequities and the challenges of the Native Hawaiian community. And so OHA was formed um, as a quasi-state agency. And um, in Chapter 10, it calls out very clearly. Uh, clearly what the mandate of the Board of Trustees are for, for OHA. And it is to better the conditions of Native Hawaiians. We have a new strategic plan. It's called, called Mana'i Mauli Ola, from strength to well-being. And um, we have four focus areas. So education, healthcare, housing, and economic stability. And those are very broad and aspirational uh, areas to, to focus on but they impact all of our communities very deeply. And so I'm very excited as we, we move into this 15-year uh, strategic plan that our board of trustees are, are expecting the agency to be very bold and courageous to move some of these very intractable issues that our, our people have faced historically. And um, so it's a new time at OHA. And, you know, as the new Kapuhana, I feel like I bring a new energy, a fresh pair of eyes. Um, you know, I'm... I'm a CEO that they've brought in from the outside. The previous two were internal to OHA. So I think it's a, it's a new day at OHA, and I'm so excited to be here. Let's go ahead and learn about you for a little bit. First of all, where'd you grow up? Okay. What school you in? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so... I grew up in Mililani, mm. so born and raised, and I now call uh, Kapala my home. And um, I went the whole Catholic school route. So I went to Sacred Hearts Convent, and then I went to St. Francis, and I graduated from Star of the Sea. So I'm essentially an alumni refugee because all of my schools have closed. And, you know, oh. that's just the dilemma of, of these small, you know, Catholic schools. Um, you know, that, that doesn't mean that I didn't try to you know, apply for Kamehameha, mm. which I did, and unfortunately I, I did not, um, you know, get accepted. But that's okay, because what ended up happening is through my career, I ended up serving Kelly Ipoahi. So, and through my time at Kamehameha as an employee, you know, I was able to serve, you know, uh, Haumana across the state that also, you know, were not able to attend our campuses. So, kind of came full circle in, in that. Let's talk about some of the work experience for a couple of moments. First okay. of all, where did you go to school after high school? 
Okay, I'm a graduate of First Leeward Community College. I got my AA there, so I'm a a proud community college uh, alum. And you know what I most love about the community colleges, Leeward specifically, because it serves uh, a large number of Native Hawaiians, is that their open-door policy um, in terms of admissions is such a great way to bring our communities into the education realm and really uh, allowing that opportunity to be kind of malamad you know, through the educational process. Because, you know, the university can be kind of scary. um, And it kind of seems sort of this unattainable and far-reaching kind of space. But the community colleges have an amazing way of just really encompassing their students with lots of malama and aloha. And that's what I found at Leeward. And I I loved um, attending and graduating from there. Then I went on to Manoa, and I got my communications degree. Um, hoping that one day I would be talking with you, Billy. Yay! Um, <laughs> so oh, my, thank you. my dream is coming true. <laughs> and then I got my master's degree in education. And so with my degree in education, I ended up working at Leeward Community College. So going from being a student there to actually working there. Nice. Yeah. And then um, so I was one of uh, those staffers on the forefront of distance education back in the early 90s. I mean, Distance education sounds like a commonplace, you know, way of, of learning these days, right, with COVID. Right. But we were at the, the cusp of these new technologies back in the 90s and having it implemented across the university. So um, that was an exciting time. And then I went over to Kamehameha Schools where I spent over a decade in community education and just loved the work there. have come from the Kamehameha Schools, now CEO of OHA? Oh my goodness. Okay, well, if if it's okay, I'll I'll go back a little bit to my time at at KS, because I went from community education, where, you know, under the the kuleana that I had, um, we were offering uh, cultural programs across the state to haumana that were not admitted to our campuses. So the outreach for KS was huge. And and that was our strategic plan at the time, was to extend the reach to ensure that we could um, have educational opportunities to as many Native Hawaiian keiki as possible. And so um, under my my shop, I had cultural programs. I had our Aina Powahi program. So any Aina that um, we had in, in our KS portfolio, um, that were being stewarded by community partners. We had educational programs being offered there as well. I had our Kamehameha School, uh, call my, our Case Scholars Program, which got our Haumana ready for college, getting them through high school and then into college. And then we had our, our college programs under me as well. And then when we had our new strategic plan come into, into um, play, I went over to strategy and innovation, which was an amazing opportunity because I got to see the world much differently um, in terms of what Kamehameha could be doing, not what we have been doing historically, but what we could be doing as tip of the spear in education. So I got to really delve into economic development, um, looking at workforce development, entrepreneurship. It was just a whole new realm um, of of thinking and, and doing for Kamehameha, and it was an exciting time there as well. Okay, so really, in a sense, as becoming CEO now of OHA, you bring all these things where you've been all 
all this time you've been helping our love hui yeah. to move forward yes and then also watching what's happening around and what's happening new what's happening better yes yes absolutely so when i when i um left kamehameha i went over to the senate and i worked for senator donovan de la cruz so he's the chair of the senate ways and means committee and so for those who may not be as familiar with the legislature um the ways and means committee is basically the bank for the states so all the executive branch oha and judiciary all have to come through senate ways and means basically to get their budgets approved and get funds appropriated for you know the business that they need to to take care of on behalf of their respective departments and so the four years that i spent at the legislature you know was so eye opening and senator dela cruz is a visionary um and he is a big lahui supporter as well so i i think for me being able to work for him and understanding one just how government works was critical i think as i come into this new role at, at oha um but also being able to do some of the policy work that senator was very supportive of so looking at trauma informed care so there were various bills that i was able to work on and senator introduced and why those particular um legislations were so important because as we think about trauma informed care um statewide we know that our lahuis you know has some very deep seated historical and generational trauma from the overthrow from colonization um and that we see even coming to to light today with what's happening at lahaina um and there's so much kaumaha that is generational and needs to be addressed and so you know coming with that ike and um passion to address that into this new role at oha i think is is a nice fit and i think um can help us at oha to move move our lahui forward um and then just having an understanding of the budget i mean you know i was working with i had the largest uh deficit in state history that i had to budget for and then the largest surplus you know during the t- uh covid times so wow. lots of lots of experiences um bringing with me over to the agency as we look at oha now and what you're doing and what you're thinking about well first of all back up a little bit so did they ask you or did you ask them <laughs> to do what to be ceo oh you know what i was recruited i i received a phone call and um it was from kumabe uh that's the agency that was uh hired by uh the office of hawaiian affairs to help them with their search and um so i received a phone call and the conversation was basically your name keeps coming up as as we have been you know talking with those in the community on who might be a you know a potential ceo and i guess they have they were asking individuals um you know giving them sort of the the characteristics and the kinds of experiences and and they said my name and i said who might i be able to thank for that <laughs> well it's nice so, when your name keeps coming up and it's yeah, in a positive sense right so that's the high five yeah, yeah, there you go thank you um let's talk about when you sat in the chair what did you think about how did you figure about the next steps of moving forward from that point you know billy i i don't take this this kuleana lightly at all um i will share with you that 
every day when I come to work, and, and I've shared this with the staffers there, I've shared it with the trustees, um, that when I come to work, if you come to Oha, there's a reception area, and there's eight portraits of our ruling ali'i. And it causes me to pause every morning because I understand the kuleana at, at hand and the gravity of that and the seriousness and the urgency of the extension of who we are to our ali'i. We are the closest thing, and please do not misinterpret that I am saying that we are ali'i, but we are the closest extension to, of their work that they started here in, in this modern context. And so we have tremendous work to do at hand, and they are a constant reminder to me um, of the privilege and the honor and the humility that it takes to do the work at hand. And so when I sit in my office, and, and there's so much to do, you know, I do have to prioritize because there's only so much time in the day. And, and I've, I've told people since I, since I started November 1st, it's been a sprint. And, and they keep reminding me it's a marathon. Yeah. But, and, and I get that. But there, because there's so much work to do and there is a sense of urgency that I'm approaching um, the work with, there are things that I need to be able to take care of immediately. You know, some of the housekeeping stuff um, to get our own hale in order so that I can focus on the big things. It's just getting our hale together, you know, and that's not to say that I'm not doing, lifting some of the, the bigger rocks simultaneously, but really my focus is internal right now. And um, once I feel like we're pa, and, you know, I can then, you know, set my eyes on, on the, you know, the larger expanse before me. But Billy, there's a lot of water to carry, and Oha cannot do that alone. And so I think some of the stuff that, um, that I'm relying on um, as I bring my different professional experiences and the relationships that I've, you know, I've acquired along the way in my professional career, I'm going to be leaning on those and, and counting on them. Um, and whether it's in government, in the private sector, with nonprofits, and our Native Hawaiian organizations, I'm going to have to hui them all with OHA um, because we have, we have so much water and I, you know, we cannot carry all that water by ourselves. So I'm excited for the work ahead. What I'm going to do is I'll just take a couple of subject matters and just, I don't want to go too deep into the weeds, so to speak, because I know that you're just getting started, mm -hmm. but maybe you have some thoughts. Sure. Um, on everybody's mind is, of course, the rebuilding of not only Lahaina, but just Maui in general. Yes, yes. Thank you. You know, our hearts are so sore for um, those on Maui. There are a lot of people suffering and in pain, and the Office of Hawaiian Affairs is very cognizant of that. Um, you know, everybody is trying to figure out what their part is in this recovery. Um, the Office of Hawaiian Affairs has been uh, very forthcoming in saying that we will be there for our Hawaiian community. Um, not just in, in Lahaina, but in Maui in general. Um, so we have made uh, various commitments, uh, some financial, some, you know, facilities-wise, um, even just, you know, leveraging our networks. And so um, the one that's top of mind for me is a priority is the $5 million that we've appropriated to, um, towards the recovery efforts. 
And so I will be working very closely with the city and county and their Office of Recovery to ensure that the voices of our Native Hawaiian communities are being heard. So as they go into planning and um, implementation, that the, the funds that are being used and um, being offered from the Office of Hawaiian Affairs are serving our Native Hawaiian communities first and foremost, and that um, our needs are being addressed, that our voices are being heard, and um, I will ensure that. Um. There are so many subjects to go into, um, just one in general. There are so many people that seem to be leaving our islands, mm. and there are so many reasons why. Um, but your thoughts on that as well? Yes, mahalo. You know, this is a very personal one for me, Billy. I, I have three daughters, and two of the three of my daughters are on the continent. And I have one in Las Vegas, and I have one in Oregon, and I desperately want them to be home. And this is a difficult topic. Um, I know for me personally, like I said, so I can imagine for how many of our ohana here in Hawaii that have seen friends and relatives also leave. And, um, you know, I understand the economic challenges, it, it, you know, to live here in Hawaii. And so that's why I'm even my resolve and the resolve of the, the Board of Trustees is, is really steadfast in creating a Hawaii where our families can stay where they can stay here, not just for today, but generations to come. And I want Hawaii to be a place where our ohana can come back to and really be proud of this place that, they, that hopefully they can call home again someday, sooner than later. And what that looks like for us at the agency is putting our strategic plan into play, right, and looking at those four areas, as I mentioned, right, education, health care, um, economic stability and housing. We have to address those things. They've been intractable and they, they seem to um, be areas that we haven't been able to move, but we can't accept that. We can just absolutely cannot accept that to be the case. And so my job will be to um, lock arms with other Native Hawaiian organizations, with government entities, and say, we are going to do this. There is no choice. We have no plan B. We need to get this. We need to address these conditions. And Hawaiians need to thrive in Hawaii. How do we get our Hawaiians to thrive, especially in this day where everything seems to be electronic I know that you know everything is online uh, we get news we get this interview online we're seeing some of that there are some stuff we wished our Allahui would just put aside your thoughts on that in this day and age yeah you know one of our foundations at the Office of Hawaiian Affairs is Mo'omehu right our culture and ensuring that that is living and thriving as well and so part of our work is to ensure that there are opportunities throughout the community um, with our Native Hawaiian organizations who and our practitioners, our cultural practitioners, who are offering these opportunities. We want to make sure that folks can be engaged, right? Families can be engaged, individuals can spend their weekends or their evenings or their spare time, right? Really learning the ways of our kupuna. So if there's any one thing I would love to encourage, you know, is our lahui to get involved, right? Um, 
I know we all have to work our, you know, our nine to fives, but if there's opportunity to get involved with Halal or a Native Hawaiian Civic Club or a Chamber of Commerce, Native Hawaiian Chamber of Commerce, or go work in your, you know, your neighborhood lo'i to just immerse and practice because that's what's going to keep our, um, our culture alive, our language thriving. Um, but when it comes to the social media stuff, you know, there, it's a double-edged sword for me, um, Billy, and it's a, a venue and an avenue, I think, that we can, not just for our lahui to be able to engage in, in culture and language, right, because there's so many amazing um, sites and uh, social media pages that are offering, you know, just free, right, um, opportunities to content learn. Content. Content, yeah, thank you, content to learn. And, and not just here, on, you know, in Hawaii, but globally, around the world. You know, Hawaii is so beloved, right? And, and I can appreciate that folks want to know about us and learn about our culture. And I think that's a good thing. But on the flip side, you know what? I've also seen a very mean and not-so-nice side of social media. And, and I've seen it happening within our own Hawaiian community, this ama crab syndrome of uh, Hawaiians you know, pulling other Hawaiians down. And, and I know that's, that's not how our kupuna lived. And, you know, if we can bring, you know, their, their values, just the values of who we are as Hawaiians into this 21st century context as well, I think we would be so much better off. And use these media and these platforms to uplift each other versus pulling each other, you know, pulling folks down. I was going to ask you what is the one thing that you want to tell people right now about OHA, but I think you probably hit it with the get involved yes, in yes. your communities. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, and, and again, OHA is so committed to that. You know, and we, the way that we show our commitment is being able to provide the resources to the cultural practitioners and to our Native Hawaiian organizations and to our communities directly to ensure that these practices, you know, our loina and our lavena they continue and then they get uplifted and, and elevated everywhere. Okay, this is a conversation we're having with the new CEO of the Office of Hawaiian Affairs and I'm going to say that this is a continuing discussion yes. because there's so much more to talk about. Absolutely. But you know what, Let, let's go ahead and let's let some time pass because okay. I know you have much work to do yes. and then we'll revisit and we'll update and we'll continue to talk about our lahui. We will hanaho for sure. Okay, once again, uh, CEO, Office of Hawaiian Affairs, Stacy Kealohalani Ferreira. And if somebody wants more information on the Office of Hawaiian Affairs, oha.org. Mahalo for listening to Island Beat. You can listen to any of these shows anytime and anywhere you go. Head to hawaiinewsnow.com slash podcasts. Mahalo mapono, aloha, ahui ho.